Hey, Forge family. I send along a big hug to all of you. Some weeks have passed since we posted up episode number seven uh, of the podcast list on spiritual formation. That was on gratitude. So let me summarize it for all of us. Gratitude is the result of thankfulness, of gratefulness. And gratitude as a spiritual discipline moves us to action. Uh, We looked at the accounts in Genesis 14 with Abram and Melchizedek, and then on to 1 Samuel with the account of Hannah, as she longs to give birth to a child, which moved her to impassioned prayer and presentation of her need before the Lord in Shiloh. When she conceived, she prepared to not only give her thanks by means of offerings, but to express her great gratitude in the placing of her firstborn son, Samuel, in the service of the Lord God Most High. We also looked at the loud, exuberant praises of the healed Samaritan leper who came back to Jesus. He'd been instructed, go show yourself to the priest, to the other, to all ten of those lepers. But only one came back. Now, he couldn't go to the priest because he was a Samaritan. And he had nothing. He had no resources except his loud praise and thanks for the healing that had been worked in him through the word of Jesus by Holy Spirit. Now, I urged you all to begin to keep a list of things for which you're thankful. Because as those age, as those mature, as you revisit them, sometimes those things you're most thankful for grow and magnify and and they become amazing and worthy of gratitude. So how is your list coming along? All right, Forge, let's pray. Lord, we want to be a company in your kingdom who live thankful, actively grateful lives. So we submit to your leadership as we practice the disciplines. Lead on, O Lord. All right, Forge family, this episode number eight in our podcast series on spiritual formation is a focus on the intertwined and closely related spiritual disciplines of frugality and simplicity. We, as brothers and sisters here in America, we live in an in a immensely prosperous nation relative to most of the rest of the world. Years ago, more than, more than 25 years ago, I invited a pastor, an apostolic leader from the island of Timor out in Indonesia to come to America and come to a conference in Southern California. So when he arrived, this was not his first trip to America, but he arrived and we went around Los Angeles and we went to Disneyland. We did some stuff before the conference. He, he was goggle-eyed at the fashions, the technology, the multitude of transportation options, the array of food and drink, the discussions among brothers and sisters, amongst Christians, over housing and investments and vacations. And then he saw huge churches. And finally, he was troubled by some of what he saw. And to his credit, he he wasn't judgmental. He simply began to ask questions in light of scriptures that informed his choice and his churches in Indonesia. 
And he saw us with new eyes. I was grateful for that. And he was not afraid to humbly question the sources of those supposed blessings that we were walking in then. Were they from God? Or were they expressions of mammon, of materialism? Now, I've got a niece and her husband and family who are living in Papua New Guinea. They would ask the same questions today that my brother Eli Fangidai asked more than 25 years ago. Just because they come out of extremely rural, poverty-ridden communities, and they get back into North America, they go, whoa, what is all of this? So, lately... I've had some choices laid out before me. Did I want a new iPhone 7 for my birthday? Did I want a, a custom-made shirt? Did I, did I, did I? Now, no, please note the pronoun there. And as I thought through my no-thank-you statements, uh, were they prompted from heaven or from another source? So, Frugality, as Dallas Willard has summed it up, is, quote, the abstaining from using money or goods at our disposal in ways that we merely gratify our desires for status, glamour, and luxury, unquote. That's a North American problem right there. Frugality is a spirit discipline that goes right at the heart of self-satisfaction. Now recall Jesus' teachings in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 to 24, where he identifies the Aramaic equivalent of things, of material things, of stuff, as a competing god named Mammon. And clearly Jesus states that we cannot serve God Most High and Mammon at the same time. Frugality is that a single-hearted focus on God and his kingdom values. And, and that defines our actions as we, we, we intentionally make choices. And that's not, it's not arrived at by choices of what we don't do. Instead, the discipline of frugality is our choices led that are led by Holy Spirit. And they're positive. They start internally and they get manifested externally. Reimar Schultz is pastor and he said, it means for us to live sensibly within our means. <clears throat> now it's here that frugality combines its forces with the spiritual discipline of simplicity to produce an outward lifestyle of modesty openness, and unpretentiousness. Now that empowers, you know, that's been empowered to us by Holy Spirit to avoid that self-satisfaction that drives us to be consumers. <clears throat> There's a pastor who had a sermon up online on, on simplicity, and he started by quoting out of Outdoor Magazine, his name was uh, Mike Wilkins. But this outdoor magazine some Christmases ago published a gift guide madness at Christmas time. And, and it said, the time of immaculate consumption is upon us. 
from a flaming kayak paddle to an indestructible laptop that can pinpoint your exact location on Earth, we've gathered the hardest, softest, smoothest, and sleekest gear of the year in our annual holiday swag blowout. All right, family. <sighs> Simplicity, okay, is an ongoing set of choices and acts that lead us to disentangle our lives from the things of this world. Richard Foster wrote, Simplicity is related to integrity in that the simple man or woman is consistent with himself. He's not conflicted with himself or with herself. And as a result, he's consistent with others. Now, the book of Proverbs, particularly in chapters 21 to 23, is filled with wisdom about the razor's edge of wealth and possessions that we tiptoe on. Also, it deals with indulgence and with debt. Does that sound North American to you? So there's a balance point here, family. And the scripture says clearly, wealth itself is not evil. Only the love and deep desire to possess it and manipulate it and use it. Rather, when resources are held in stewardship unto God himself. And he is sought for how such resources are to be used in the kingdom. The overflow of wealth that's produced pours out to serve the kingdom priorities. And it produces a lifestyle of enough. That's set in place by Holy Spirit. With this dual engagement of frugality and simplicity, we see the scriptures as leading us to a life of quietness. <clears throat> a life that is not anxious for supply, but rather a full-blown trust in the Father's care for us. Likewise, these disciplines of frugality and simplicity are not an idealization of poverty. They help guide us by scripture and spirit to a right relationship with wealth. Reimar Schultz again wrote, quote, It is not a sin to possess things acquired through godly stewardship and discipline. The sin is not in possessing riches, but in trusting in riches, hoarding riches, and using riches to acquire status, glamour, and luxury. <clears throat> Over a thousand years of monastic history tells us that self-chosen poverty to gain God's favor has done nothing to impress God, nor has it done anything to raise others out of their misery. Unquote. <clears throat> so, family, here we begin to seek a balance. We trust God to lead us in our lives personally to a line in the sand where he lays out your life's priorities and destiny, my life's priority and destiny. He does it individually, and he does it for churches. Okay, He lays out life's priorities and destinies for us, and then he steps back and waits for us to choose how you 
how we will apply frugality and simplicity on the journey in the kingdom. Now, Richard Foster has done the Body of Christ a series by just laying out ten observations and encouragements for us. This is not a complete list, but it helps us start. Okay, You will not be able to answer to all of them today. It's not maybe not that season of life for you. But as you walk your journey of spiritual formation, these ten questions, observations, encouragements, they count. Here's what they say. Number one, buy what you need to accomplish your God-given mission in life. Anything else is an encumbrance. Number two, dispose of anything that's causing addiction, a form of idolatry in you. That may include pornography, video games, computer games, knickknacks, sport, you name it. The American capacity for addiction spreads across a wide spectrum of things and experiences and desires. Number three, give things away. As much as you can and as often as you can. Both Janice and I have had mentors who would clear their closets and empty their jewel, you know, their jewelry boxes and you know, wine, wine cupboards or whatever it was. They would just simply give it away and go smaller. Jan came back from a conference in Arizona with a pair of her mentor's earrings because that woman puts all her stuff into a boutique and says, help yourself. Number four, do not believe modern advertising. People are told that they can never have lasting peace or prosperity, a good good life or a good retirement without the latest product or program or investment that each advertiser is publishing. Number five, enjoy without owning. Go to the library. You know, barter stuff back and forth. Share things with each other. We can enjoy beautiful environments without owning them. You go to the parks. You go to the, the state parks and the national parks and the beaches and share those things that are common. Number six, enjoy creation. The greatest things in life are free. Number seven, be skeptical about all credit. Debt is bondage. And anytime somebody comes at you and says, all you got to do is just sign here and we'll take care of the rest. Well, there's fine print in all those documents that are onerous. Don't do it unless the Holy Spirit says, absolutely, this is the priority. Number eight, engage in honest speech and actions. Number nine, reject anything that causes others to stumble and cause injustice to flow to them. And number 10, lay aside every encumbrance so that you can run the race that the Lord has laid out for each of us. All right, Forge family, we need to seek the Lord on this together. Lord God, yes, life in America in the 21st century is complex, demanding, expensive, sly, subtle, alluring, and sometimes we misstep. 
Please hold our hands as we walk after you in frugality and simplicity. Lord, and please gently pull us out of the ditch of mammon, the ditch of materialism, and shed that stuff from us, and then set us back on our feet on the kingdom way. Lord, we always want to be trusting in you for heaven's perspective and resources first. And then second, trusting you to supply needs that arise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, Forge family. We'll see you soon. God bless.